Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Lego Masters Deconstructed. Welcome back to Lego Masters Deconstructed, Australia's only Lego Masters podcast. We've got episode four of the TV show to talk about. And it was uh, a bit of a little elimination. That was a bit fun. Zoe, uh, what do you think? Yeah, we also had a two-parter this episode, which we... Did, sorry, I did predict. I'm not going to give you the credit for that. <laughs> but we should correct ourselves. At the end of last episode, we thought that this episode was at the SCG based on the previews. It was not. We had two parts. We had the Cars of the Future uh, challenge, which gave you an advantage to the new life challenge, which was an elimination. Our first elimination, sad. Let's just dive straight into talking about this car mm-hmm. challenge. Get it out of the way because it was pretty quick in the episode. It was only a small part of the episode. Mm -hmm. But honestly, it was one of the wildest challenges we've had on the show. I'm so glad the car thing wasn't the elimination because if I was in a team on the show Mm -hmm. and I got eliminated because of this magnet thingy, I would be filthy. Yeah, I agree. This was, hmm, how do I phrase this? Pretty wild. (laughs) (laughs) That's one way to put it. And I disagreed with it. All of it. I guess in summary, and let me know if you feel the same, Mm -hmm. it felt like that the magnet thing made it so that the build wasn't about the Lego at all Mm -hmm. because it wasn't even about having a well-balanced build. It was just about are you skilled enough or lucky enough to balance it on the very sensitive magnet in 60 seconds? Yeah, like I don't mind you know, a a balanced themed build where they have to build like a a perfectly balanced vehicle or it has to sit on something or whatever. But this felt like the defining factor was like nothing to do with Lego or their build. It was just how, how lucky were you that you put it in the exact right spot? Like they said it so many times, you could just have it a millimeter to the left and it's off and then your build is affected. Like I just, I just didn't get it. Yeah. Good way to put it. I'm also curious. I think the answer is one, but I was wondering how many magnets there were in total. Like, did they have any more to test on? Oh, yeah. It seems a little unfair. Like, if one team was trying to get really good at putting their car on, which honestly, fair enough, because it's the really the only criteria. If one team's up there for ages with the magnet, that means the other teams can't, you know, try and practice with the magnet as well. So I was really c- confused about that. I thought each team might have a little one at their desk to practice with, but I don't think they did. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I think they might have just been sharing the one. The other reason I thought it was just silly was that I I can't remember which team it was. It might have been Branko and Max said that every time they tested it, and I think they tested it four or five times, it balanced perfectly. Yeah. And then it was just the way they put it down on that fifth time was it smashed. And so I was like, well, they clearly like fulfilled the brief. Like they know it could balance, but it's, I, don't, I, I just, I just thought the whole thing was so 
silly. And we've had builds before where it can't be too heavy. And if it was that, I would have been like, yeah, cool, makes sense. It's the clear yeah. guideline there, the total weight in the weight distribution. Yeah, exactly. But no, it was just like... This was like luck, yeah. honestly, <laughs> Yeah, from what it looked like. Yeah. I wonder if as the challenge was going on, the producers were there going, oh no, this wasn't what we'd wanted. Yeah. And they were hoping it was going to be more of like a weight thing, but didn't realize how sensitive it was going to be. And just kind of went, well, we'll just make sure this one isn't an elimination. And if it was just... Accidental on everyone's behalf. I'm, yeah. assu- I'm going to assume it was. <laughs> yeah. I also found the criteria a little bit confusing. Like they said, I mean, the theme was cars of the future. So I assumed it had to have some kind of futuristic element or it had to have some kind of like story about why this makes sense to be in the future. But some of them, some of them didn't really. Some of them were sort of just like, oh, here's something fun that we want to build. Yeah, which I also still like. I like that freedom, but you're right. I was a little confused. The whole thing was just unclear to me. <laughs> I do want to give Henry and Joss points for the pun of post-apocalypse. Yeah, I thought that was really, that. really good. And I also, I mean, Trent and Paul did make the top two, but they were actually my favorites. I just thought it was such a clear design. Like they said, they had a customer in mind. I just thought, it was really fun and like uh, underappreciated. And a great color palette. Loved the color palette. Let's jump to part two of the episode, which was our bigger challenge. It was our elimination where teams had to reinvent old pieces of furniture. I'd like to start with Nick and Jean's advantage because they they already had the titanium brick and then they said that from the Cars of the Future Challenge that they won an advantage. But their advantage was just giving the teams each item, which is what every advantage has been from the Titanium Brick anyway. Like shouldn't, I feel like in theory they should have had two advantages. Like they should have been able to pick the items plus a time advantage, but maybe it was just that they weren't expecting the winner to also have the Titanium Brick. Oh, do you mean because they had two wins back to back? Well, because they won, they said out of the Cars of the Future challenge that you would win, like the winner gets an advantage. But their advantage was just that they got to pick everyone's teams, which is what the titanium brick already gives you. I think it's the same. I think when they say the winner gets an advantage, I think they meant like the winner gets an advantage because they have the titanium brick and they get the titanium brick advantage. Right. So that because they were still playing for the titanium brick in the first part. Oh, I forget that. I forget that they won it again. Did they get an advantage in the car build? Oh, I don't think so. Oh, this titanium brick thing is wild. The titanium brick is so confusing. I I feel like it's not that difficult a premise to understand, but I just <laughs> I just can't wrap my head around it. Just bring us back time advantages. <laughs> Let's just jump straight into Nick and Jean's build while we're talking about them. So they were obviously already safe from elimination, but they did win again. And they picked the record player and they built uh, an underground jazz bar in it. I loved. I adored it. Triple winners. We've got the hat trick going on here. I know. I think this is a really good use of that advantage. Like it's a build where you're build is so dictated by the object you have. And so I have to assume they saw the record player and instantly came up with this sort of idea for it. Mm. And yeah, it was really, really good. Also special props to the production team or the the cinematography team 
because the way that the jazz club looked on camera was like one of the best looking things we've had this season. Yeah, I think. yeah, it looked beautiful. I did think it was interesting that Brickman noted that there wasn't much Lego in that build, and I was like, since when is that a criteria? It obviously didn't end up. Like he said, you know, that was to your advantage. Like you didn't just fill it with things that you didn't need to. But I was like, since when are we talking about how many bricks we're using? Like that's never been an issue. I guess it was like a little trick just to be like, oh, did you win? Did you win? And then he's like, nah, just kidding. You you did win. Otherwise, they obviously did an amazing job at building all those mechanisms and conveying people's emotions through their body positions. Like they mentioned they didn't have faces, which was a stylistic choice, which I thought was really smart. But yeah, this was just gorgeous. I'm really impressed with them. And I think I might have said this in like the first episode, but they really remind me of Jackson and Alex, like very similar, like just like very artistic builds are like very creative and beautiful. Yeah, that's a good point. We'll have to keep an eye out. They could be could be strong front runners for the, mm, for the final win. They could. Let's go to Henry and Joss. They didn't make the top two, but I didn't agree with that. I actually thought... They were maybe my favourite or very close to Nick and Jean at least. They had the piano and they did the duet of life and death. So they did elements of life on one side going into elements of death on the other side. This also reminded me of some previous contestants. It reminded me of Michael and Harrison's Mother Nature build. Which was, as we've said many, many times, such an underrated build. Yeah, so beautiful. That's a conversation for another time. I I just (laughs) want to shout out Henry and Joss in general because there's something about their ideas that we've been seeing recently that is just like so cool. And I, I I don't know how to phrase it, but it feels like almost they're drawing from a slightly different place of inspiration to everyone else. Yeah, totally. And everything's very like deep. It's not quite the right word to describe it, but none of their ideas are like surface level or just like, oh, this will look pretty. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I feel like they're really deep thinkers. I think that's a really good way to put it. It's not just surface level. It's like they're actually trying to make something that has like a theme and they're trying to make art as opposed to just trying to build Lego, I guess. Totally. That sounds a little bit pretentious, but that's probably (laughs) the best way to explain what I think you and I are trying to say. Yeah, I think so. We'll go, who have I written anything about? Um, Let's go to Alex and Caleb who got the TV and they did like the My Cinema. I just thought this was like really cute and fun and I thought they did a great job. I love this for like all the the opposite reasons to Henry and Ross in that it's like so cute and it's so fun and I love them equally but for like, yeah, separate reasons. And maybe my favourite build from Alex and Caleb so far, what do you reckon? Yeah, yeah, I just liked that it was like they didn't take it too seriously like it was a bit silly and sort of a bit just fun yeah I also I don't know if you noticed that the movie that they were playing was Cats oh I didn't notice that but that's very funny great work guys I did appreciate that (laughs) Trent and Paul they had the grandfather clock and they made the clock monster like living inside coming out and fiddling with the time what I'll say about Trent and Paul is I feel like they've taken a little bit of a backseat in regards to how much screen time they've been getting. Mm. And what that makes me think is they're a really, really solid team. They're very reliable and there's no, like, drama for the TV show to use. Yeah. And so they just kind yeah. of, like, disappear into the background and at the end all of a sudden present this, like, beautiful build that we see not nearly enough of. Yeah. And I think that's a really good sign for them as a team that they're not just struggling and having to make drastic last-minute changes or anything. I think they're really strong. 
Yeah, I agree. Like the the teams who tend to get the most airtime are the ones that are having problems typically. So as much as I wish we had them on our screen more, I'm like, you go over there in the background, like just be killing it. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, Let's jump to Branko and Max who had the fridge and they also had a rat theme. It was a rat infested fridge and them kind of being caught in the act. I thought this was like fun as well. I don't know if it was my favourite idea, but I also don't know what else I would have done with a fridge, if that makes sense. I thought it was a really smart way to try and deal with how big the fridge is. Yeah. There was so much to cover if they were trying to not make it look like it had no Lego in it. I think the reason I wasn't um, crazy in love with it, Beyonce, was because most of the other builds turned their item into something else. Whereas they actually used it as a fridge. Oh, interesting. Which I do, I do think is smart. I do think it was a smart way for them to tackle just the size of their item. But maybe that's why I wasn't um, so obsessed with it. Also, I just love watching the two of them build. Obviously, they have the whole father-son thing going on, which is great. Oh, same. But they're just both, like, very funny. Yeah, they are. We jump to Kirsty and Daniel, who had the spinning wheel. They obviously had like the carnival Ferris wheel vibes, which I liked, but of course Brickman just came over and was like, that's not enough, which I think is one of those typical like Brickman knows you can do better. They, he knows you can push yourself and he's like dad vibes trying to just like get them to do the best they can. And I'm glad he did because what they changed afterwards mm-hmm. was really, really good. They had their drop towel, which was very funny and wild. Yeah, I really liked that. Um, Daniel did a great job. The only the only question I had was like, shouldn't the people on the Ferris wheel be in like a little a little carriage thing? Like they were sort of just like stuck on the wheel. I think they might have had like a little chain around them or something to indicate like a seatbelt. <laughs> But I was like, this seems like an unsafe ride. It's a stuntman Ferris wheel. Yeah. Next we had Lexi and Rachel who got the trunk and their idea was Japan in a suitcase. I liked that they were going with that travel theme, but they obviously struggled quite a bit with just like the sheer size of it and and composition and trying to fill that empty space. I think it was a harder item to start with, mm. especially because it was just like the one big cavity and, and nothing else to it. It was a simpler item. Yeah, exactly. Like it, even if we compare just the size of the items, like Nick and Jeans was a lot smaller than that trunk. Absolutely, yeah. They have a smaller amount to work with as it is, which probably makes it easier. Yeah, no, totally right. But I think Lexi built it, I'm not sure, but the tree looked really, really good. It was one of the standouts to me and the way the way they used the colour and the way the tree mm-hmm. stood in the trunk I thought was really, really fantastic. Yeah. Lastly, we have Andrew and Crystal, our first eliminated team. And I'm actually really sad about this because I think we might have said in one of the first two episodes that we feel like these guys had really strong ideas. Their brains like just were so creative and original, but it was just that they'd been struggling to nail that execution a bit. And I think that was kind of the same thing that happened here with the sewing machine. Yeah, it's always sad when 
the elimination is due to like accidental circumstance as opposed to just yeah. like, you know, anything else. So obviously the build didn't quite turn out how they wanted it to. I kind of liked the first idea, honestly, when they were originally going to do Same. the evolution of Crystal's different styles, basically, because even though some of the feedback from Brickman was that it was maybe too personal to her, it still kind of would have worked as like a evolution of style of the last 20 years of fashion or so. And I think that's still a really interesting idea for a build, but Obviously, that wasn't going to work, and so they had to change it. Didn't end up working out. A bit sad. I actually agree. Like, when Brickman was sort of talking about, you know, it's it's not a classic story, like no one else knows what this story is, I was like, but they kind of don't need to. Like, we're seeing an evolution of fashion regardless. Like, you don't need to know that it was crystal specifically for it to un, like for it to make sense you know the classic story is the monster clock and the, yeah. and the suitcase with the tree all the classic yes so true i just would have really liked to have seen them follow through with that idea which they obviously weren't going to do after brickman told them not to <laughs> but i don't know i i don't know if i agree with brickman's feedback on it and like them having to change their whole idea also since when is the delta test such a huge factor I understand that she was just on the show and, like, <laughs> we were talking about her, but that was, like, a huge part of the criteria this episode. And I was like, we've never had to do this before. Like, I understand Brickman has kind of said before, like, oh, it's not that clear or, you know, your story is not that obvious or whatever. But this was like, well, if Delta Goodrum walked in right now and couldn't tell me what this was about, <laughs> then you have to go home. And I was like, but that's not that's not what it is. Like, that's not that's not the criteria. Yeah, I thought the exact same thing. I, I'd written down in my notes, like, why is this going to be a thing now yeah. for the rest of Mega Masters? Has I don't it like around? it. I don't like because it Because the all. context they're building for isn't necessarily for someone who has no idea what's right? going on and is trying to guess, like Delta was. That's, yeah, I, I don't know, man. And even, even for people watching at home, like, we've obviously seen the evolution of their idea. So by the time we get to the end of it, Yes, if we hadn't watched the whole episode, we might not fully understand it, but, like, we have. So, like, who who is the Delta Test for? <laughs> yes. And if, even if, let's say, they were building for, like, a Lego exhibition mm-hmm. or something like that where anyone could show up, have you ever been to a gallery that doesn't have, like, a little yeah. plaque for every piece that you look at explaining what it is and why and the context? Totally. Which is the best part of a gallery, just by the way. But, like, in what world is there just, like, Lego in the middle of the street and you're like, <laughs> I don't know what that is. I hate it. Eliminate them. And even if we didn't have a little plaque saying that it was Crystal's fashion show specifically, I would have just looked at it and been like, oh, it's a fashion show. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah for sure. Just, Clearly, I have strong feelings about this. I just think it was a bit unfair. All right. Next episode appears to be a cutaway build uh, where one side of the build is like complete and full and then the other half is cut open. Looks really cool. Looks really challenging. Keen. It looks kind of similar to challenges we've had in the past, but not yeah. quite. So I'm excited for something new. And we get to see a different advantage for the mm. titanium brick as well. Some sort of restriction on the brick pit. Guess we'll see what that is. I'm excited for it. I hope it's going to be a fun time. I love any kind of like stop the clock advantage. Yes. Yeah. I just think they're so fun. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Lego Masters Deconstructed, Australia's only (laughs) Lego Masters podcast. Someone was saying to me today, like, what's your intro to the podcast? What do you say? And I said, yada, yada, yada. And they said, you should say Australia's favourite. 
And I was like, no, because then I could also say Australia's least favourite Lego Masters podcast, <laughs> which is equally true. So we're avoiding favourites and least favourites. Yeah. But thank you for listening. Subscribe to it if you want to. And follow us on Instagram at legomasters underscore deconstructed or on Twitter at LMD the pod. Parente, have you posted anything yet? Because that was your task. I haven't yet, but episode. I will, I promise. I checked the inbox on it and there weren't any new messages that okay. I had missed. So that made that's, me feel less guilty. That's because they're all coming to Instagram to talk to me. <laughs> Hell yeah, fair enough. That makes sense. Make sure you keep listening. We'll have an episode of the podcast out for every episode of the TV show and maybe one or two others here and there, depending on how we go. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.